This episode of the Red Box Report is brought to you by Chesapeake Tees. If you're ever in the need for high-quality custom t-shirts for any occasion, just visit www.chesapeaketees.com to see everything they have to offer, including business or sporting apparel, custom slogan or logo design, fundraising events, and so much more. Help support a small local business, and they'll help you bring your vision to life on a t-shirt. Shipping is always free, and listeners of this podcast will receive an extra $2 off when you enter the coupon code REDBOXREPORT, all one word, at checkout. On top of that, the more shirts you order, the bigger the discount. Chesapeake Tees, a small business with big ambition. Hello and welcome to episode 138 of the Redbox Report, the weekly movie podcast where we review the latest Blu-rays and DVD releases for Redbox. I'm your host Bob Phelan. And I'm your host Joel Phelan. And this week we're going back to the TV side of things to parallel our review of Wet Hot American Summer, first day of camp, or whatever the hell it was called. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to look on the drama side this week with Narcos, the Netflix instant uh original series yeah you know there's we already reviewed mad max and that was the big release so we had to come up with something else and it's a great opportunity to look at a a show we just so happened to watch and enjoy so yeah why not give it a give it a look-see uh it's starring pedro pascal robert boyd holbrook and wagner mora and it was, I believe it was at least directed or produced by a guy that did the new RoboCop. Um, yeah, I saw some kind of credit in one of the trailers yeah. like that. Yeah, so this this was a show that when it was released on Netflix, I don't know. It didn't seem like it had much buzz before it was released, but once it came out, people were really talking about it, seemed to enjoy it, got a lot of good buzz. Yeah, I had only vaguely heard about it. Probably because so. we talked about the trailer on there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm interested in that kind of thing, so I kind of followed it. But a few days before it came out, it was like on every website. All right. On the internet, it seemed like. Yeah, they just dropped a bomb, and uh, it exploded. Yeah. <laughs> it's basically just the story of Pedro... Uh, Pablo Escobar. Pablo Escobar. <laughs> Escobar. Wow. Yeah. I just. All right. Well, obviously, going in, I didn't know much. I've obviously heard of him. Yeah. I knew he was drug kingpin, but I didn't know the nitty gritty. So, it was of interest to me, even though I know that basically the story of Pablo Escobar has been told in a bunch of movies, just with different names, or at least yeah. taken bits and pieces from his story. And he's generally not the main focus. Of the particular movie he's just I don't know seems like in the 70s it's a cool thing to say you rubbed elbows with him <laughs> yeah it's like uh, in the Untouchables when Al Capone is like a minor character yeah <laughs> but yeah so I did and I didn't really know what to expect from the series I didn't know if it's supposed to be like gritty realistic drama or like a fun action show I really just didn't really know what to expect other than that it was about Pablo Escobar and it was getting good reviews. Yeah, that's kind of all I... I mean, I generally like the style of the trailers, so it was pretty much going off of that. 
Yeah, actually, I watched. I fell asleep halfway through the first episode one night before we really decided to review it, and I think it was just because I was so tired. But I just it put me to sleep. I didn't enjoy it really at all. But I went back, rewatched that episode plus all of the rest <laughs> in, uh, in one day. I I binged it a few weeks ago, and and I did I did enjoy the show. Yeah, it's an easy watch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> For it me to be able to binge something like that, it has to be super easy to watch. Yeah, I watched it like over five days, but I would watch like four episodes on one day and kind of get through another episode another day. Like yeah. I tried to space it out so I had something to watch. Yeah, well, my <laughs> wife was in Myrtle Beach and I was by myself, so I was a loser, had nothing else to do. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so the cast, I thought... Oh, everyone did a good job. Um, yeah, I don't think there's any the, hugely weak link. Well, I guess it's kind of weird how it's split up. Like, half, more than half is with the main detective, played by Robert Boyd Holbrook. Yeah. Who's an American DA agent who's sent to Columbia to, I guess, help crack down on them. Yeah, I don't know exactly trade. what he's supposed to be doing besides just... Yeah, and then there he meets his new partner, played by Pedro Pascal. That's where I got Pedro from. (laughs) He was also the Red Viper in Game of Thrones. And uh, they team up to take on Pablo Escobar, who's played by Wagner Moore, who did a really good job. Amazing. Yeah, I'd say, like, the parts when it was focused on just on him and his story, that was my favorite parts. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, especially him and his cousin, I guess that he was. Yeah, that was an interesting relationship. It was like right-hand man. Yeah. And it, I just thought it was an interesting parallel between these two characters' development. Like, you you see the, the American detective go from this naive, like, I don't know, G-shucks, gosh, golly darn, yeah. guy kind of into... Not exactly the best guy in the world, but then essentially kind of ordering a hit on Hitman. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then you got Pablo Escobar, who's a a bad person, and then he transforms into a really bad person. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, he in the beginning he always has redeemable qualities. He might be kind of like a person that breaks the law, but yeah. he still gives back a lot. Absolutely, but he doesn't have this quite iron grip absolute power quite yet Mm -hmm. and yeah yeah I I wouldn't say he was ever a great person though but in the beginning he was just a person that happened to get really rich and by the end he was a megalomaniac yeah and the power was not good for him (laughs) no but uh the show starts off first episode it's is I heard it put this way. It was more of like a mini documentary to catch you up to a certain level. Like, it, they really rushed through a lot in that first episode yeah. to get to where the main story really starts. And I do think that it starts a little slow compared to where it goes. I think the show gets better as it goes on. Yeah. I mean, I knew a decent amount about Pablo, so for me, they skipped a lot of things I thought could be interesting. I thought a little bit slower of a run, like a three-season setup would have been nice, but 
I mean, I guess I understand why they did it because it's sort of a true story about that cop and he's half the story, so yeah. you can't really have a half a season or a whole season without him or whatnot. Yeah. Well, that would have been cool, too. I guess you could always go prequel, but... Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just, like I said, the cop stuff to me was just ho-hum. That was more ordinary, like, TV. You would just see on, like, a FX show or something. Yeah, I'd agree. And then I just felt like when it went to the Colombian trade, like the the underbelly, so the... Pretty much when it was speaking Spanish. Yeah, exactly. That's when it really felt more nitty-gritty, more just something you're not used to seeing, which is what I want to watch. I want to see new, yeah. inventive, interesting stuff, and that's what that was. Like, the voiceover. I had, That was probably my biggest issue with the whole entire series. That's what I... Pretty much every review I read. Yeah, it's to me, it's really bad. I mean, I mean, I thought necessary. some of them were good, but I could see it in that first episode. The maybe. first and last episode, I can definitely see starting it up, tying it up, or whatever. Um, yeah. But it almost gives away like if this if the narrator is going to live or die. Yeah, I mean, what the narration really does is. It's spoon feeds you. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's, it's not like, uh, you weren't smart enough to figure this out, yeah. so we're going to explain it's it. It's almost like, I wonder if that was something they decided to throw in, like, at the end. Like, they're like, I don't know, this, you know. Although, I do like the times when they do the voiceover where they do put something in perspective. Well, the, and like, for example, they'll be like, see, the Colum- average Colombian income in the 70s. I don't know if this is, like, a real thing. $2, yeah. so this is why this happened. Right. I mean... Like, in historical context, context, I liked it, but otherwise, yeah, they were just saying, you know, you can't figure this out. Yeah, exactly. And, and like I was saying, I mean, it's not all bad. There are parts... I mean, it's used so much. Of course, there's parts that work, but I just thought it would have been cool if... You know, you you think you're getting this narration for the whole show, but the end of the first episode, you're caught up to where he's talking, and then you get it from there. I don't know. Yeah. It's just, it's so heavy-handed when a lot of what makes the show good isn't heavy-handed. I think they should have had multiple narrators, like Pedro Pascal. Yeah, on different episodes or something. Um, yeah. That would have been, that could have been interesting. I but, wonder what, if they're going to continue with that for season two, because I think it has been announced. There will be a yeah. season two, um, which I'm not sure exactly sure how that's going to work. It's just going to be Pablo on the run, and it war. Okay. They're going to like actually be trying to kill, actively kill him. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> but get it, Pedro Pascal was awesome. Yeah. As uh, I forget what his character's name was, but yeah, he's the man. He, I love that guy. He's he'll he'll always be the Red Viper to me. Yeah. And, uh, he sort of is a little bit. Yeah. That. He kind of carries that charisma over. He's another ladies man in this show. Like when they uh, they picked the one guy up because he, he liked the same whorehouse as him. <laughs> yeah, that was and He's like great. saying hi to all the individual girls <laughs> while he's standing outside. Yeah, that was great. Um, yeah, so he's awesome as usual. And... Wagner Moore, like we were saying, he's just fantastic as Pablo Escobar. Escobar!
lack of sleep. Yeah. Um, he looks the part, just based. I mean, not exactly, but close enough. Fairly close. Yeah. Yeah. The the mustache is kind of iconic. Yeah. He's able to portray the ruthlessness of the character, while at the same time, you can see why people will continuously underestimate him time after time. Yeah. And he takes advantage of that. Um, he also has all his little drug partners, like um, Juan Guzman. Not Juan Guzman. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you'd know him if, if you saw him. He's like in Happy Gilmore. Like uh, Billy, uh, Billy Madison, Happy <laughs> Gilmore. Adam Sandler movies. And, uh, he's more of a comedian, usually. Yeah, and, but he plays a ruthless maniac yeah. in this. <laughs> But he, I couldn't help but laugh at times, just the way his delivery is. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm, I was laughing at the his climactic scene, even though it was horrifying. <laughs> I just couldn't help it. Another thing about the show that is like, I guess some people hate it, some people love it, is the use of subtitles, like you were talking about. Yeah. When it's a Spanish-speaking person talking to another Spanish-speaking person. It's in Spanish, and there's subtitles on the screen. And then when it's, you know, it's just, when it's American talking to a Spanish-speaking or a regular, another American, then it's in English. Yeah. And I like that. I did, too. It adds to the realism for it's me. It's more immersive. Exactly. Exactly. And I understand how some movies, like uh, Valkyrie, it has, like, Tom Cruise just speaking in a slight German accent, you know, and that's, everyone's like just speaking in slightly German American accents in Germany. I get it. Like, as long as you set that tone early. Yeah, it's got to be consistent throughout. But But I I do like the way they did it here. And I thought it uh, conveyed good, like the cop, the main guy doesn't know Spanish. Yeah. So it was easier to relate with. I don't know what these people are saying. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I know a very little bit of Spanish. I could pick up on this here and there, but it wasn't like I could just sit there and not look at the subtitles. Right. Now, do you know how accurate all this stuff is? Like, all of these story beats, is it 100% accurate? Um, I mean, for the most part, the Pablo Escobar stuff seemed pretty on point. I don't really know about the cops. Um... Some of the stuff is a bit paraphrased, like, in terms of what led up to it and this this and that, but I think it seems mostly accurate. Yeah. yeah. No embellishment to just make more Yeah, like, like when TV he took minutes. over the, the Supreme Court Yeah. and killed nine of the 12 judges, like, that happened. <laughs> That's crazy. And he offered to pay the whole country's debt. Yeah. <laughs> and... And I guess that will go to the another minor complaint was that like while they're in the middle, it's very rep, 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 repetitive. Yeah, it does get a little bit old with the whole, or not old. It's but. like someone comes into power, they piss them off, they get killed. Someone <laughs> comes into power, they piss them off, they get killed, or at least attempted. And it's kind of like rinse and repeat, and I guess that's because that's what happened, and they're just portraying that. Yeah, and both sides just being so, like, stubborn mm-hmm. for no reason. It's sort of cinematically, it was kind of like, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it gets moving otherwise. Yes, indeed. 
And I also like how there's no clear-cut good guys. Yes. I mean, to an extent, you have your protagonist and antagonist. And there's pa- people that are better than others. Yes. yes, and Pablo is pretty much pure evil. But other than that, like even some of the people that work for him, they're not as bad as... You know, some shows or movies would make them out to be, yeah. and like the, even the main characters, there's definitely shades of gray to these characters. They aren't 100 percent, you know, choir boys. They they have their own faults. Nobody's perfect. I like how they, uh, like probably the most ruthless guys in the show, the hitmen. They even make them seem human. Yeah. Like even if they're jerking around about killing someone or something, they still show them like messing around with each other. Yeah. Yeah, that definitely did a pretty good job at just, you know, you don't want to just have a bunch of caricatures. There actually was decent character development for everyone. If if not, you know, it didn't give them complete life, but just other aspects to their characters. Yeah. Um, How about the opening where it says magical realism was born in Colombia? I thought that was actually pretty cool yeah I uh, just felt like that's just the show saying is this real I don't know (laughs) or is it so real that it's unreal you know just adds that element of doubt in the back of your mind and also stuff like he's a myth at, at a certain point and myth is built on some truth but maybe uh I don't know just like it said uh Magic realism is what what it gave the definition. It was like something uh, unbelievable in a believable world, or something yeah. like that. And yeah, it kind of was pretty fitting with yeah. This then, whole story. What's the one myth the saying about Columbia is? I think they say that God or something made the land so beautiful that he populated it with horrible people <laughs> or something or violent people for that yeah. matter. Yeah. Uh, and I thought like to go along with subtitles they did a good job of showing the culture differences yeah of like you actually see them when they're making the drugs in the jungle and just just even everyday life it seems like very authentic to this culture yeah and it's a period piece to an extent it's like the 80s is that right? 70s? 60s? Yeah, I think it's like the late 70s all the way up to the yeah. early 90s. And I thought they did a good job of portraying the period um, with the clothing and yeah, just the look did, of everything. They did a great job finding areas that looked mm-hmm. apart and all the clothes and stuff like that. Costumes. Yeah. It's just, this show is so odd to me. It has almost no right to be as good as it is. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way. It's like, uh. Because there's, like, certain elements that's almost like a soap opera. Like, it's so over the top. Like, just the voiceover, the... the uh, I don't know. There's certain things that are just, like... They kind of do too much with the whole thing. Certain parts remind me of Jane the Virgin, which is a CW show that's, like, a telenovela that, uh, you know, is a little more taken seriously than that, but it's basically a parody. And there were times when this show reminded me of that a lot. Huh. <laughs> it's just... But I, I, I definitely feel what you mean. It's like, this show really shouldn't be this yeah. enjoyable, but... 
it's a police procedural, but it's also a inside look on a drug ring. Like, yeah, it's a lot of different things all at once, and some of it, even when it doesn't work, it works in a weird way. Yeah, it's Just, kind of like progressively done too, like with the languages and yeah. Um, and it looks good though. I mean, the I think the direction and the cinematography yeah, is pretty like good. I mean, every, I think uh, whatever they did, I don't know what they used to film or whatnot. It was a good look for. Yeah, I mean, there's not too much the color style to it, but it it looks good. You know? Yeah, it's just a solid looking show. As far as like the main, the actual plot story, like. What what were some of your favorite side characters or mini storylines? Um, side characters, like I said, I liked uh, Pablo's cousin. Was it Gustavo? Yeah, I think it was Gustavo. Yeah, that was a really interesting relationship. Because they don't even make that apparent how important. Like, are like, they best friends, colleagues? We find out eventually, obviously, yeah. that they're cousins. But and so. Are we. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so weird how they're both like cheating on their wives with the same girl at a certain point, and she's <laughs> telling them both to kill the other. <laughs> like so weird. Yeah. And yeah, just the inner workings like that, the backstabbings between the Colombian drug dealers. That was some of the most interesting stuff for me. Yeah, I was actually surprised they didn't show more of the um, the other cartel. Yeah, I'm going to war with them, but maybe that's a the one for where next they season. they stole the like princess or the the youngest daughter or whatever it was. Yeah, I think so. And then they gave her back. <laughs> yeah. I loved his prison, quote unquote. Yeah, his self-made, self-imposed jail. <laughs> that was awesome, and he's got like hookers coming in on oh, the back of moving trucks that's totally all true too <laughs> that is crazy crazy part that's amazing he's <laughs> he's just basically living in a, a mansion that has a fence around it <laughs> his basketball court his buddies are in there with him amazing. the first thing they show him with is he's got a weed plant on his balcony he yeah smells it or whatever like prison <laughs> just the power that this guy holds even when he's caught like red hand and gives himself in this is what he can do just because of his money and his power yeah it's incredible it's wild <laughs> yeah. it definitely is yep and um yeah I don't know like what what, what about the um I guess it was that the president uh, I forget. Yeah, I guess at some point he is the, the one that person. actually survives. Yeah, <laughs> through like two or three regimes. Um, what do you think of all that? Like the political stuff. Um, I thought it was important to the story, but that got really repetitive as well. It was just kind of him and the aide constantly repeating the same thing, essentially. Yeah, exactly. Probably this is... Well, I mean, it was necessary, but it was... I don't know. They could have had a little more backstory with those guys or something. Yeah. it's That was the repetitive part. But, like you said, it was kind of important. Yeah. And it helped to further the storylines of our main characters, Pablo and the, the detective, actually. Yeah. So it was almost like a, a necessary evil. But it wasn't 
boring. It, was it wasn't so, horrible, no. Yeah. Just compared to everything else, it was kind of slow and just to hear them yeah. every time. Pretty awesome scene, though, when the one politician is finally in the jail with him. Yeah. That was pretty uh, tense. I didn't feel a whole lot of tension throughout the show, but that scene towards the end, it really was. like Yeah. You pretty much know when someone's going to die <laughs> in this show. Basically, if they're, you know... Driving in a car. <laughs> pass, look at Pablo wrong when they pass him in the street. Pretty much there's about a 50-50 chance someone's going to die in every scene. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. What about uh, Pablo Escobar? He comes... He, presents himself as like this loyal like loves his wife but he's banging every girl in sight especially the reporter yeah like and his wife kind of knows but then when uh, the reporter's like seducing him and mentions his wife he like grabs her by the throat and says don't you ever disrespect her <laughs> like I am right now <laughs> like, well like his wife I don't know it's just a different world in Latin America First yeah. off, but culture. Don't I don't know. I guess the, the way they saw it is, even though he went off and did those things, he still right maintained his family relationship. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's, inter it's interesting. Yeah. I don't know. I thought his wife was prettier than the reporter, but yeah, <laughs> she must have been like from his, wherever he grew up or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, Alright, I guess the last thing I'd like to get at is like binge watching versus week to week television appointment viewing. What do you prefer? Um, honestly, somewhere in the middle. Right. Like, I don't like the week. I think a week's too long, generally speaking, for my shows. But at the same time, I like to watch things in chunks. Like, Three, four episodes and yeah. something like that. Yeah. That way I can kind of digest what's going on. Mm -hmm. But I think both have their place. Uh, it just depends on the show. Like, I don't know, like Breaking Bad. That's a show if I personally can wait week to week on. Yeah. Like and Mad Men or something like that where you can digest what happened. Think about it, get your theories, you know, yeah. and come back at it the next week, looking forward to it. Whereas, like, something like this, or, I mean, Netflix really does a good job of deciding which shows they're going to put on their network, because they know it's mostly going to be binged. Like, yeah. Uh, just an enjoyable show, like a time passer, or just a comedy, something more comedic. Yeah. It's definitely fun really fun to just sit there and watch three episodes at a time four episodes at a time yeah absolutely so I I like them both um yeah I don't have a problem I just want quality it. content I don't really care just give me options and, <laughs> yeah like I, if I really had the discipline I could watch Narcos week to week for ten weeks if I really wanted to yeah I could say every Tuesday at nine I'm gonna watch an episode of Narcos but I don't have that kind of willpower. <laughs> so, it don't happen. Alright. I would give Narcos an 8 out of 10. A light 8 out of 10. For TVs. I went 8.5 out of 10. My scale for TV is a little bit different because there is a lot of bad TV. Yeah. So, kind of my 
my scale comes down a little bit. It's more... If this was a, a movie, I'd probably give it a light seven and a half. Yeah. But as a television show, compared to what else is out there, it is <laughs> a light or an eight out of ten. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, came down with a 76% on Rotten Tomatoes. Sounds about right. Yeah, it sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> I could see why someone wouldn't like it. I mean, if if you are strictly anti-subtitles, you're not going to like it. Oh, yeah. Um, or if, you know, if it's a little too cheesy for you, I could see that. It was yeah. borderline for me. It didn't bother me too much. Yeah. But I guess I could see why that could be the case for some people. But good show. I would recommend it if you haven't checked it out. Yeah, me too. Does it make your top five TV dramas of all time? No. Okay, what does? Let's find out. <laughs> we talked about TV comedies about a month ago, and and would you say that's more your your speed, right? The comedies. Um. Yeah. Probably TV wise. Yeah, I have way. I had way more honorable mentions for the comedies, but I I think I would put. I probably have more dramas in my top 10 shows of all time, but probably more comedies in my top 50. Yeah, I was going to say, like, these are rated pretty highly overall in my TV, but there's not many of them otherwise. It's way easier for me to give comedies multiple chances to, to like, succeed. Like, if I watch... I try to give shows, new shows, three episodes the best I can before I quit on them. To give them a chance, get their footing or whatever. But usually with the drama, I know one episode in. Like, yeah. It's either I'm hooked or I'm not. It's great or it's not. Because, I don't know, there's a lot of bad dramas on television. Oh. <laughs> and whereas comedy, there's a lot that are just okay. Yeah. And at least that, you're like... Yeah, it was alright. I'll give it another shot. And then maybe it clicks a little more and, yeah, and like you can stick with it. I'm so much more willing to watch a mediocre yeah. comedy than Plus I comedies are usually a half an hour, whereas dramas are an hour. Yeah. But, um, but I would prefer a great classic drama over a great comedy. Yeah. But if I'm just... I got 40 minutes to kill and I got something on my DVR to pick, I'm probably going to pick something that's a little more lighthearted, yeah, comedic. Definitely. But I have some great dramas on this list, so I'll kick it off with my number five. All right. Game of Thrones. All right. Um, it's on my list. <laughs> HBO series, obviously hugely popular, based off the books, which are the greatest things to ever be put pen to paper. <laughs> um Absolutely love those books. Changed my life. The show is a really well done adaptation of the books. Not as good. Some seasons are better than others. But the story itself is so good. Like It just it translates really well. It's very cinematic. They do a great job of the scale. Even though you can never truly capture it. Yeah. For a television show, like, incredible. The way they do the special effects, yeah, and, it's pretty... and just the the amount of stuff going on, how they're able to fit it into an hour long show, yeah, ten episodes a season, crazy. They do a great job. Even if I have my nitpicks, and in this past season, I think was that great. Seasons three and four are incredible. Season one is great as well. It's it's a really popular show for a reason because it's just really good. Oh yeah, 
Um, my number five, I'm going to go Boardwalk Empire. Okay, never seen it. Really? Yeah. It's a good watch. Um, I can't remember. Is after the second or third season, it's different? Um, I can't remember. Yeah. He's awesome. Uh, Steve Buscemi, who's amazing. And a bunch of actors from HBO. Yeah, they're very incestuous. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Loosely kind of real people. I don't know, real people, not necessarily real events, sort of t- told their own way, but... It's not TV. It's HBO. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, it's one of it's, my favorites. It's definitely one I've been... If I, I... When it first premiered, I didn't have HBO like I do now. Like yeah. I, I just recently, the past three years or so, gotten HBO regularly, and actually it's... It's a must-have at this point, but if I would have had it when it premiered, it's definitely one I would have been watching. Yeah, the opposite for me. I had HBO yeah. at the time. And it's one of the shows that basically anything HBO puts out, I'm going to watch. Because pretty you, much. you can reliably, reliably know it's at least going to be entertaining or be very interesting, but usually it's pretty darn good as well. Yeah, plus they're going to give it their full effort. So. Yeah, they're going to put it all into it and on the creative side. And not just try to get, uh, you know, ratings numbers. But it's a show that, since I fell behind, it's, it's... I know it's not even that many episodes probably to catch up. But it's just like, at a certain point, it's hard for me to start a whole new show. Yeah, when I know there's so much What's the show so established? It's either I'm going to watch it later after the show's yeah, over. That's or... why it's a miracle that I ever caught up with Mad Men. Cause I didn't yeah, catch up. I was the same way. I didn't catch up till season five was airing on television. <laughs> it took a while, but we we went back and watched the first four seasons. I was smart enough to set a season pass on season five while it was airing, and we caught up. Oh! By the end of season five, we were able to catch up. That's cool. Um, but yeah, I I hopefully one day I'll be able to catch up on Boardwalk. Give it a shot. Yeah. My number four. Is Friday Night Lights. Alright. Um, the football drama with Coach I saw, I think I've already seen the first season of it. I think it's... it's What a inter- unique tone that it has. Yeah. Between using that iconic score, um, just the way the camera... It's like a handheld style. But it's, it's just something you don't see on network television. No, I'd agree with it. It's crazy that it got four, I think four or five seasons. When it, really? It never had the best ratings, but it was so critically loved and for a great reason that they just kept giving it a little more chance, a little more chance. Huh. Um, the cast is incredible. Tim Riggins with Taylor Kitsch, uh, QB1, Matt Saracen. Uh, the guy from Breaking Bad uh, that was in the final season, Jesse Plemons. Yeah. He's like uh, an interesting character in there. And it it all stems from Coach Taylor, played by uh, Kyle Chandler from Wolf of Wall Street and Bloodline and a million other things. But just a, a really... It's got good morals. And it's that's not really what I'm <laughs> like loving it for, but it has... 
you know, it gives good lessons for actual, that you can actually learn from and not just this schlocky stuff that's like after school special. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really gets at things in a real way and is highly entertaining the whole way. And Michael B. Jordan shows up halfway through the series run in a great role as well. Yeah, uh, when did I watch it? Oh, when I, like, decided not to show the rest of Black Donnelly's on TV. Oh, yeah. So I watched that. In the Black Alley's on the website. That yeah. was back when they first started doing that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, but it's weird. Season 2 of Friday Night Lights is not good. It's yeah, weird. I think that's why I ended up not watching it again. The second, or at least the first half of the second season is really bad. Like, the um, Landry kills a guy. It's like, it got really weird and dark. Like, they were just... Maybe that's when they were trying to get a little better ratings. Yeah. But at a certain point, they kind of got back to the roots, and it really rebounded strong from there. All right. Um, my number, number four. four, I'm going with Breaking Bad. Number four, okay. Um, I really like the show. I don't love it as much as other people do. I, it's, I mean, it's still my top five, I yeah, I enjoy it, you know what I mean? Like, but I just really disagree with people that say it's the best of all time. But it's well, also somebody's <laughs> opinion. So. Yeah. But, we'll get into this more in a little bit. Yeah. I can certainly understand where you're coming from. I'll get some more into it in a little bit. All right. My number three is Mad Men. Cool. Uh, AMC show. We talked about a little bit, like I just said, how... How I got into it, but the story of an ad agency through the 60s and just the changing atmosphere in uh, advertising and workplace environments in general just does a fantastic job of showing that period and being like a realistic 60s ad agency. Yeah. Like drinking and smoking in there, the, the womanizing, the... Inequality. And it's I, an amazing show. It's incredible show. It's not one that like. It's one of the best shows of all time, but it's not one where you can say, "I'll oh, just watch the first episode, you'll be hooked." Yeah. It's like, it's such a slow burn, but so thoroughly enjoyable. Yeah. It's so savory. Like it's one of these. It's like reading a book, sort of. Yeah. On the best. You it's can so you again. What comes down, it's unique. Like. I don't know. It's I want to try to say it's like sitting down at a nice steak dinner. That's an episode of Mad Men. Whereas I don't know, Game of Thrones is like taking a shot. You know, it's yeah. Like, it's just different. Yeah. Uh, it's like sipping on a beer instead of taking a shot, or eating a steak instead of a hamburger from McDonald's. <laughs> but and it builds and builds. I think it gets better over time. I think. Almost not exactly, but each season gets a little bit better than the last. I think it does a great job of building upon itself. I think season six is my favorite season, and there are two, seven, I guess, eight seasons. Um, but I don't know. It's, it does a great job of showing like historical moments and how it affects these characters that you grow to love or hate. Yeah, and just sort of how it affects their everyday life. Like, sort of. Yeah, a powerful moment is when. Um, I I know the actor's name is Vincent Carthizer. For some reason, I can't remember the character's name, but <laughs> it's like he's the asshole. He's the jerk. He's uh, the Sterling. No, the uh, younger guy. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Pete. Uh, yeah, Pete. Uh, he's always, you know, uh, being a pissant to John Hamm, uh, Don Draper, because he he doesn't. Th- he's the only one that knows, I guess, about his past, and he thinks he deserves more. And you just hate this character. And then there's a certain point when it's like, um, uh, I don't know if it's like when Martin Luther King got shot or something to do with like the uh, civil rights movement. Yeah. And he's clearly the best person. Like (laughs) he has the best morals viewpoint, and you kind of it really makes you look at him differently and. It kind of you're kind of caught up in the office drama rather than the the real exactly drama, and it does that kind of stuff all the time where it changes your perceptions of character. Like I, you hate that character in the first couple seasons. He's might be my favorite character of the show. (laughs) Like he turns out to be hilarious because (laughs) something happens. I don't remember what led up to it, but one of my favorite lines ever, where how's it going? Not great, Bob. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know, just his delivery and everything. Yeah. Uh, so good. It's a funny show, great show. Check it out if you have Yeah, honorable mention for me, very, very close. Awesome. Top five, but, um, what are we going? Number, Number three. three. Yep. Game of Thrones is my number three. Heard of it. Yeah, I mean, I think you put it pretty good. Why? Well, yes. An amazing show. <laughs> I've never read the books myself, but... You'd love them. It's amazing. Even if you did audiobooks. Well, at this point, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so involved in the show, I'm just, whatever. Still would be an amazing experience. Oh, well, I'm definitely going to read the books one time, yeah. but I don't want to have these preconceived... I would definitely wait till the show is completely done. Yeah. And then maybe the books will be done, and you don't have to worry about waiting ten years. For the <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you're already invested this much... Show only, then definitely just finish that. Yeah, out. that's what I was thinking. Because that'll make you appreciate the books even more. Because it really opens that world up. Like it's it's nice. so much more detailed and expanding. It's great. Yeah. Cool. My number two, it my between my number one and two were lost. I was going back. I just said lost. <laughs> <laughs> In the middle of that sentence, that's my number two. Uh, but I kept going back and forth between my one and two. They're close, and they're so different. But my number two, I I went with Lost, the the show from ABC that lasted six seasons. Again, unique show for especially for the time it was on. Like since then, everybody tried to copy it. But yeah. did you ever get into it? No. Ah, oh, it's so fucking good. I watched some episodes and I wasn't into it, what? and I just shunned it away. Man, you broke my heart. <laughs> For a long time, it was my favorite show ever. Um, I didn't get into it right away when it first started airing. I called up, like, halfway through season two. I binged season one and and caught up that way. But it's a show of these people that crash Oceanic Flight 115. They crash uh, on a flight from Australia back to the U.S. Their plane crashes, then they land on a mysterious island where they're lost (laughs) for... A very long time. It's uh, an island that has seems to have mystical powers. There's all kinds of things going on, like that you just you couldn't explain. There's a polar bear on the island. There's a hatch that that uh, they get into, and they have to keep putting the same six number combination in every 108 minutes, or the island explodes. There's like what? all this fantasy mystery all this like crazy sci-fi stuff but at the same time it's a character study 
it's just you know each episode centers on one of these characters and it will flash back to their past to show you where they came from how they're different or how they're the same from before they crashed on the island they're all broken people that basically the island completes them it makes them feel like they are where they need to be and doing what they're supposed to do it's just really complex people hate the finale because they say it's a cop out I think the last season is probably one of the weaker seasons but I love the finale I think it works really well won't say what happens obviously (laughs) but I liked it I thought it was fitting if that it depends on what you're watching the show to get out of it but I loved it it's Hmm. incredible Alright. Number two. Number two. Um, I'm not really a stretch at all. This was a TV show when it first came out. It's a miniseries. Band of Brothers. I think it's the first show that did what it did. Where, I mean, Saving Private Ryan as a movie had like a story to it, but it was a war movie. As much as it's a war show, it was a drama about the people that happened to be in this one squad and it was a true story but also I don't know we had a lot of personal banter between each other I don't know I thought it was isn't the cast like ridiculous like before they were even oh yeah it's bigger yeah uh, I mean uh, what's it Hardy Tom Hardy Tom Hardy's one of no he was in uh, same Private Ryan actually I didn't think of it no but still <laughs> It's uh, it's still Steven Spielberg and Tom Hanks. Ross from Friends. Yeah. <laughs> Office face. I've never seen Band of Brothers, but I... what? Yeah. Oh man, it's amazing. I know. I've heard. You might end up binge watching that if you. How long is it? It's ten episodes, so it's like an hour. Really? Hour That's and a half it. Each. The whole thing. Yeah. Got to do it at some point. Yeah. It's Got a, to. It's really. It's actually it's almost hard to watch Stephen Piper right after it. Really? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, but yeah. see, it's these HBO shows in this era that I just didn't have it. It <laughs> sucks. My number one is Breaking Bad. <laughs> oh, man, you hate me. I don't hate you, but I just... <laughs> I, I know, get I, it. I get it because... And it's different because you haven't seen the num- my number one. Yes, <laughs> I haven't seen three of your top five, so... Yeah. Um, Breaking Bad... Breaking Bad it took me a while to really get into it like first two seasons I binged the first four seasons and I only I guess saw the last two live um for the first two seasons I'm like yeah it's pretty good but I do not get it I do (laughs) not get the hype like I think it is a show that like I said about Mad Men just builds upon itself and gets better and better and better I I get it because it wasn't until halfway through season three when it just clicked for me like this show this show (laughs) and right before that final season there was so much oversaturation of Breaking Bad that was uh, probably a part of a little bit why it leaves bad taste in my mouth yeah it just everyone hopped on the train and yeah just wouldn't I was one of them people and I still was like like I would have been right there with you before that final season. Those final eight episodes. Because like, in between the yeah. first eight episodes and the last eight episodes, I was just like, all right already. Jesus, yeah. God, it's um. not that good. <laughs> it's, 
one of the best shows of all time, but it's not that good. But then those final eight episodes are just in fucking incredible. I think it's the greatest season, half season, whatever, of anything of television ever. And because I, th- the rest is so good, and I think if I rewatched the whole series again, I would love it all the way through. Yeah, like those fun. He those last eight episodes are amazing. And curious him for clearly tying things up without taking a. It's open to interpretation. Well, I guess you could still make the argument open to interpretation yeah. a little bit, but for the most part, thank you for actually getting through most of yeah, all that. Yeah, I don't know. It's Walter White is is the anti-hero of all anti-heroes. Yeah, he's amazing. Like the cinematography, the style of the show is amazing. How everything's so organic. The score, like the soundtrack, they use the perfect songs at the perfect times. The cold opens, it's so unique. That's the theme of my list. Is Plus, just... some of the like theory things throughout, the, like the color code thing, like that's an actual thing throughout. Yeah. It's like what color he's wearing has something to do with what he did or what he's about to do. Yeah. And, and my big thing with movies and TV is I want character development. I want... Yeah. I want, I don't know, I like character studies, I like just, that's a big thing that I love, and that's, this show is like, that's what it is. Yeah. Between him and Jesse, bitch, uh, it's, it's hilarious show at the same time, <laughs> like, as dark and violent and nasty as it is, it is hilarious, which is so hard to pull off. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mike, what an incredible side character, Saul. It spins off oh another God. great show in Better Call Saul. Like, so good. Yeah. It goes... See, and I go back and forth with, between Breaking Bad and Lost because they're just so different, but... It yeah, comes, it's kind of hard. It comes down to that last eight episodes. It's just, like, nothing I've ever seen on television. It was uh, very... Like, it was a movie quality. Yeah. You know, and that's hard to find. So, but... I haven't seen a lot of shows from the heyday of the dramas like The Sopranos. See, I haven't seen coherently through all The Sopranos. I've never seen a single episode of The Sopranos. I've only seen the very first episode of the show you're about to talk about. (laughs) Um, You know, I've missed out on a lot. So I don't know if Breaking Bad would always be my number one if I caught up on everything. And you never know because... Like, some of these things I saw as they came out, and they were more relevant to the time. Right. Who knows what's going to hold up and what's not. Yeah. So but your number one is? Number one is The Wire. The one it. that set the path for pretty much most of the dramas we just talked about. Yeah. Between that and Sopranos was like the boom era. Yeah, well, actually, people forget The Wire did horrendously bad in ratings. Season one or all seasons? Almost all of them. Yeah. It was just so critically acclaimed and loved by the people that did watch it that they actually kept it around for... And luckily, there was like a three-year, two-year period between seasons like three and four, really? four and five, something like that. Luckily, HBO really just cares about quality, for yeah. the most part, obviously. But it's a hard show to explain... I mean, besides, it's it's about Baltimore, workings of Baltimore. <laughs> and it's got every side, the civilian 
the drug dealer, the cops. Crooked cops, commissioners. No one person is good or bad or... And it's... uh, I still think the realism is yet to be duplicated. Yeah. But... Yeah, it's also what some people don't like about it. Like, think people think it's like unrealistic, but it's sort of not realistic enough in yeah. a way. And we're in Baltimore. Yeah. So. And yeah, it's, it was easy for me to relate. <laughs> That's how I got into it. It was just they made this show about here. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, aren't you glad we live here? Yeah. <laughs> so many great actors. Idris Elba before he was Idris Elba. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Michael B. Jordan as like a kid. There's a decent amount of guys. And then there's some people I've never seen since. Yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, Omar, right? That's the main yeah. big dude. The, the badass gangster who happens to be gay. Well, he's, he's not really a gangster. He is... A drug dealer? Not even that. Just he a badass? He robs drug dealers. <laughs> okay. That's He's a, called a stick-up kid, I guess. Gotcha. But that's all he does. He robs drug dealers... And sells it to another drug dealer for half the price, but gotcha. it's all profit for him. But it's really great that they just made a a badass like character that people loved. Oh, yeah. and he just happens to be gay. He just happens to be yeah, gay. Exactly. That's so awesome. Uh, yeah, I, and he's sort of a good guy. And I mean, the sense that there really isn't good guys and bad guys, but yeah. he doesn't like the bullshit right. for the most part. <laughs> well. I hopefully will catch up with it at some point. Yeah, it's an amazing one. It's one where I don't want to half-ass it. If I'm going to do it, I want to yeah. do it. Yeah, and every season has a different theme yeah. of some sort. So, Wasn't the cool. fifth season the worst? Or was um, it the fourth that always gets a bad reputation? Uh, I mean... The one that's all about the this, It's right? either the second... People either think the second season's the worst or the fifth season's okay. the worst. What do you think? Um... I, it's Second hard for me to pick cops, because right? they have so many different qualities. Like seasons one, three, and four, the drug line storyline kind of all fit together. It's all the same drug group. Season two is more about white, blue collar crime and crime kind of mixing Isn't together. It the, docs? the docs, yeah. yeah. The third the season is more on the first one. The, just Baltimore drug dealers and stuff. And real estate a little bit. And four is the schools. Five is the newspaper. Yeah. Interesting stuff. Yeah. Any honorable mentions? Um, the Corner, which is a miniseries they made that led to The Wire. It's amazing. Just check it out. Um, the Shield, which yeah, is like never the, seen one it, of the first... Anti-hero. Like, uh, uh, Spike TV shows. Yeah, the guy... Vic Mackey was his <laughs> name on that. Guy who played the thing in Fantastic Four. Yeah. Um, he had great things. Sons of Anarchy. Never seen that either. Another Spike, Mad Men, and Hell on Wheels. Hell on Wheels. That's good. An amazing show. Really? Yeah, oh. I... I don't know why I never wanted to watch it. Yeah, I just never even thought to give it a chance. Yeah, it's a period drama, and it's... Cool. Yeah, it's really awesome. Nice. Well, almost a little man many. Right. Like, kind of just build characters. A little more action than that, but I would hope so. Yeah. <laughs> it's called Hell on Wheels. <laughs> I got um Men of a Certain Age. Just missed missed uh, the cut. There's only 
two or two and a half seasons on TBS. This is Ray Romano, Scott Bakula. Oh, yeah. And that, uh, the black guy, the older black guy who's awesome. And like, uh, Andre Brower. That's his name. Yes, I got it. <laughs> uh, it's just these older guys, I guess, going through their midlife crisis type age. Uh, I guess upper 40s into their 50s. And uh, Ray Romano's a, a gambler, or he's got like a gambling addiction. Scott Bakula is a past his prime actor and Andre Brower is um, in his dad's foot uh, shadow because his dad owns this car business like super successful and and he's trying to you know follow in his footsteps and it's just not yeah. working out it's just an incredible incredible show so unexpected like it's funny it's real it's real it's real <laughs> it's uh I don't know. It's hard to explain why it's so good, but it just is. Huh. And TBS, you know, yeah. crazy. Weird. Wish it would have had more seasons. <laughs> True Detective season one. Have to be specific and say season, season one. one. <laughs> uh, Dexter, very fun show. First four seasons are great. Gets pretty crappy after that, but still pretty fun. I mean, All right. serial killer who kills others, only kills serial seen... killers basically. Uh, I've seen a couple chunks of seasons. I'm not sure which they were, yeah. though. Interesting premise, though. Like, you're a serial killer, but you channel that into only killing bad people. Yeah. And it's fun. Uh, Homeland, another Showtime uh, show. Yeah. Um, at least the first season and a half are really good. After that, I just... Yeah, kinda, I heard it took a nose It de time. definitely, definitely does. Um, but there's first season and apparently I quit on the show but the fourth season that just passed, I did I heard one of the seasons kind of made up for something it was pretty good but, uh, I don't know I'm it's done. too late for me to get back into it uh, another Showtime show Masters of Sex is really good it's got Michael Sheen and uh, Lizzie Kaplan as hmm. these two doctors that Find, uh, do these in-depth studies on sex instead of just having it be taboo or whatever and it's it's like Mad Men but uh, more uh, sexual yeah <laughs> it's really really well done and The Wonder Years for one old classic nice they didn't really make great dramas at least that I had seen until somewhat recently yeah yeah it's more about the sitcom but, and Wonder Years is almost a sitcom but a little more Heft to know yeah, it's kind of real enough to real, real. <laughs> yeah, that's all I got. Cool. Did you watch anything else since our last episode? No, I really haven't. I didn't watch any movies, but it's a TV episode. I'll talk about some TV. All right. I watched some premieres: The Muppets, the new TV show, half an hour uh, sitcom with the Muppets. <laughs> it's uh, it's almost more of an adult take on it I can see that it's like Miss Piggy's the host of a late night talk show Kermit's her producer but they've broken up and all the Muppets work at the station and and it's like Fozzie Bear is talking about I put on my dating profile I'm such a bear you know it's kind of <laughs> like yeah. a little more adult humor that I think kids can still watch it because that stuff's going to go over their heads but, the Muppets have kind of always been yeah. the, the actual Muppets yeah Cartoons First episode, it was okay. It was fine. Yeah. Like I said before, it's a com. It's just something I could put on when my daughter's around. 
<laughs> Mackenzie's around, so it's just something I'll I'll record and watch it kind of half heartedly. Yeah. Throughout the series, the season, uh, I tried Scream Queens. This is a oh god, I don't know horror comedy slasher thriller um, on Money Fox Graham. from the same people that <laughs> Ra Ryan Murphy who made Glee and American Horror Story. Which I always watch American Horror Story. I always am really into it first two episode or two, and then it just kind of gets crazy and loses <laughs> me progressively throughout each season. But I keep going back. <laughs> um, and Screen Queens remind me of that. Like this, the premiere was pretty good. I mean, it was okay for what it was. Kind of funny, kind of shocking, fun in a <laughs> slasher way. Uh, I don't know. I guarantee I'll lose interest in a week or two. <laughs> but for what it's worth, I thought it started off pretty good. Cool. Um, Survivor premiered. Now we're talking <laughs> season 31, second chances. 20 players that have only played once and never won. Voted back by the fans. I've been looking forward to this since May. Like, <laughs> since they announced the cast on the finale of the last season. I've been just giddy with excitement. I listened to... 300 hours of the evolution of strategy, survivor strategy, <laughs> which Rob Sestonino did from Rob Has a Podcast. Uh, Jeez. They did like an average of 10 or 11 hours on all 30 seasons, and I listened to it all and loved every second of it. <laughs> so congrats, Rob and Josh Wiggler. You guys were awesome. Um, yeah, and that really got me pumped heading into this premiere where... It's only the third all-returning season, like all st- complete all-star season. Like there's been plenty where it's half and half or a couple returning players and new people. Oh, okay. This is only the third where it's all returning players. Cool. And it's, those are always the best. <laughs> the previous, my previous, or my favorite season of all time is Heroes vs. Villains, and this kind of reminds me of that. You got everything. If so, the cast is so good, and it doesn't even matter who wins, who goes out first, none of that. You just know it's going to be a fun ride the whole time. That's cool. Um, love the premiere. So well done. They do a new twist with the hidden immunity idol. Do you know what that is? Yeah, I know what the immunity You do? Idol is. All right, cool. <laughs> uh, where now, for the first time, instead of usually you find it at your camp somewhere, you'll there'll be a clue at your camp, and the only place you can get the hidden immunity idol is at the challenge. You'll find a clue where it tells you exactly where it's going to be at the challenge. Yeah. And you have to kind of find a way to, to while you're competing in the immunity challenge, to snag this thing. <laughs> and it plays out beautifully in this premiere. This girl, Kelly Wentworth, she, she finds the clue. And she knows where it is, but it's like the dilemma of... Well, I can't. I just can't do it. That someone's gonna see me. Someone's gonna see me. She keeps looking back at where she knows it is, and it's just like this thing. Is she gonna do it? Is she gonna do it? <laughs> and it's just a great moment. Um, just someone got blindsided first episode. One of the people that people thought were gonna win gone right away. Jeez. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be awesome. That's cool. Just love it. Love it. Survivor. Survivor. <laughs> It might be the best. I should have put this in my number one drama. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's real. Yeah. Uh, and also, the Big Brother finale was last night. Oh, okay. Um, my main man, Johnny Mac, 
was voted out in the fi- in fourth. So coming into the finale, I didn't have a huge rooting interest. <laughs> There's three people left going in. It was Steve, who's this nerdy guy. He's 20, I don't know, 23 years old. Like, is always saying he needs his mom. He's got glasses, nerdy. Like, you know, just your prototypical yeah. geek uh, super fan who he chickened out every almost every chance he had to make a big move in the game so he's he's half dragged along half playing a decent game then you have this girl Liz who came in she was the twist of the season she was one of a twin twist oh yeah yeah. she was half of the twins where if they made it to a certain point they both came in the house which happened and then she managed to get into a Sherman's with this guy Austin and this power trio like made it to the top eight together and then she was the last one standing into the top three and then there was Vanessa Russo who's like one of the best female poker players of all time as well uh, oh yeah I heard about her as far as earnings she made four and a half million dollars in the World Series of Poker jeez Uh, she played an incredible game this season one of the best ever Maybe the best female player players to ever play. She except I couldn't. No, she didn't. Really? I couldn't stand her. All she did was cry and cry and cry and make everything about her. She just oh, was. Let me write that down. Huh? Brother, cry. <laughs> yeah. Strategy. <laughs> yeah, it, it works. <laughs> she was so obnoxious and she didn't own her game. Like she was a badass. But she'd always be like, no, I really, I'm just such a great person. You don't understand. Like, she just wouldn't just say, even in the diary room, which is when you're speaking directly to the audience, when all the best players can be like, oh, yeah, I'm lying out my ass, you know, whatever. Yeah. She's still saying the same things. Like, she won't own her game. And so going into the final three, it's between her and Steve, who win, whoever wins the final competition, and whoever won that gets to pick the person to take to the end. To get try to get the votes from the jury, and it was between her and Steve in the final competition. So I didn't know. I was torn. Do I want the person who deserves it to win with Vanessa, even though I don't like her? She deserves to win the season. She was all, she did a great job. Or have watched Steve win and cut her at the end, <laughs> and that's what happened. Steve won. He finally made a ballsy move and cut her even though they had a final two deal sent her to the jury and he won by a vote of six to three over Liz I don't even like Steve that much but I felt good for him super fan you know second time somebody like him has won in the past three years four years it was a pretty entertaining finale even if I didn't have a strong rooting interest so that's cool it was pretty good I don't know if I would have ever thought this Two, three years ago, my whole life, but I like Survivor more than Big Brother. <laughs> my name is Bob Allen, and I have a problem. <laughs> I always said Big Brother was better. I never even got into Survivor until season 14. Jeez. But it's just it's way more cinematic of a show. Like, you got beautiful cinematography with the jungle and the wildlife, and just it's more of a story whereas Big Brother's three times a week it's kind of a drag it exhausts you yeah seems like you gotta put a lot of time it's awesome in the beginning but then 
unless your favorite is still there at the end, it kind of wears on you. Yeah, yeah. I still love it, but it's just so different. Survivor's better, I hate to say it. I, um, <laughs> myself, 10 years ago, would have slapped myself in the face, but so it goes. <laughs> on to the news. On to the news. Couple things. Um, well, I forgot to get the box office, but that's right. Uh, an A-Team TV remake is in the works. Speaking How many A-Team t- remakes are there? I don't know. They had that movie, yeah. which wasn't good. I'm not that interested. Me either. But <laughs> it's news, TV news. Uh, also, a Jack Ryan TV show is in the works, produced by Michael Bay and Carlton Cuse. God, Carlton Bay. Cuse, at least, was a creative decision maker in Lost, the TV show that was number two all the time. But Michael Bay is Michael Bay. Yeah. Why does he get so much work? <laughs> Bullshit, I Hollywood. I don't know. Because he makes money. I do know. <laughs> but, oh, whoa. Uh, uh, movie news. We got some announcements on sequels. Prometheus, did you ever see that? Yeah. What did you think? I liked it. I liked it too. Uh, the, re- the remake. The sequel to Prometheus is going to be called Alien Paradise Lost. Okay. So that's interesting. Is it a sequel to Prometheus or just another Alien sequel? But at least... So what is Prometheus a prequel to Alien? I guess. Because at the end... Like yeah. it shows that it's the same company from the beginning. I think I saw that. Yeah, I think it's a prequel basically. Same world at, at least. Same universe. Same time. But Yeah. I don't know. I liked it. I'm definitely looking forward to a sequel. Yeah, I, I liked it too. I don't understand why it got quite as much hate as it did. Yeah, I thought it was really well done. Yeah, it was going for stuff. That's why it failed at some and succeeded at others. Yeah, right? and that's what that's, I liked about the movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just like Interstellar. Like, yeah. Just go for it, dude. <laughs> and apparently there's going to be three more sequels. Jeez. At least that's the... That seems pretty um, ambitious to come out and say, but let's do one at a time. Yeah, <laughs> see how it goes. <laughs> yeah. And the Blade Runner sequel is going to be called Blade Runner colon androids dream oh god interesting I guess um Blade Runner the original I thought was overrated did you I ever see I don't know if I've ever seen the Harrison whole thing. Ford like I know of it yeah. I know scenes from it and stuff I don't think I've actually watched the whole thing it's very Mad Max to me the yeah. original Mad Max where it's just kind of yeah I can see the interesting stuff but it's very dull and kind of slow it's I guess it's from that same time. Yeah. Just, I don't know. Yeah, but I feel you. It's supposed to be this masterpiece. But I guess, sci-fi. much like Mad Max, bring it to the current day with the nice budget and good director and actors, and I'll probably love it. That's what I was so upset about. Uh, what's the Colin Farrell movie? Minority, or no, not Minority Report. Which one? Colin Farrell. He did a remake? Dreamy. The Total Arnold Recall. Sword. Yeah. I was so upset that it wasn't a better movie. Oh, it was terrible. Yeah. I mean, I like these special effects. Like, I, yeah. I appreciated that part. I'm glad they kept a three-breasted woman. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was cool, but it wasn't a good movie. Yeah. It was very generic. Yeah. Super generic. It was just they brushed through that movie. Yeah. Together. All right, well, pre-judgment day. We got Truth 
Yeah. One of your picks in the box office draft. Yep. I mean, if it was the Rotten Tomatoes draft, I could see it. <laughs> I don't know how much money it's going to make, but honestly, it's a fault. I have no clue. You never know. Yeah, seriously, like, who would have thought some of the movies like American Sniper or Zero Dark Thirty or Gravity would have made the money that they did? Yeah. So it's really tough in a fall or print. But this is the story of Dan Rather, was it? Yeah. And basically him and his... Producers get in a lot of trouble for forging news, basically. Or I, I think I don't it know was story, just really. more um, based on the true story. Negligence of checking to see if their source was true, right. or something like that. Yeah, it's much like the movie Spotlight uh, with the Catholic uh, uh, yeah, investigation. Yeah. It seems like it's another one of those type of things where it's like a investigation but on the other end it's like you're following the people that are being investigated yeah. instead of the people doing the investigation and maybe you'll follow both I don't know but uh, good cast it's got Robert Redford Kate Blanchett uh, for Grace well, whatever but yeah. <laughs> there's some good actors in there what did you think uh, I thought the trailer looked promising yeah looked pretty good the acting looked pretty solid and for this type of movie, I think that's kind of the most important thing for me. I think, if I remember correctly, you got pretty good reviews out of Toronto nice. International Film Festival. I think I heard that. Don't quote me. but <laughs> uh, Yeah, it looked pretty good. I don't think it looked as good as Spotlight, just off the trailer, but yeah. it has a different vibe to it. It's more vibrant and less gritty. Um, but I thought it definitely, like you said, shared promise. Yeah, that's all I've seen in it right now. I gave it a 7.5 out of 10. 7.5? I'd give it a 7. Alright. Not that much promise, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, we Play have. Play safe. <laughs> always, always. We got the animated feature coming out next year based on the popular. Or. Is it still popular? I don't know. I don't uh, know. iPhone game. Uh, Angry Birds. Angry movie. Birds. Voice cast is ridiculous. Got like Danny McBride, Jason Sudeikis, yeah. list going on and on, like ten different. And the animation looks awesome. But yeah, the quality very vibrant, uh, crystal clear, nice looking uh, CGI. But what does it have to do with the Angry Birds besides it being a bunch of Angry Birds? Yeah, this I don't uh, I don't know. I don't know if there was ever a way to do it uh, yeah, <laughs> based I mean, on a game where you just slingshot birds into green pigs. But I don't expect them to make a movie about just slingshotting birds. It wasn't what I expected. It just seemed more of like a, I don't know, just like a, a comedy. I don't know. Yeah. A, I don't know. Like it, an Ice Age type thing where it's a bunch of random yeah. people that just get together and go on an adventure. That's what it seemed like. That's Didn't seem like this war between birds and pigs or whatever you would think. I was Maybe it's going to get to that point. Going to hate on it for the license, but like what I was going to say, they used to have like Mario and Sonic on cartoons. Yeah. But I mean, they had like a goal. Like Sonic was to free little birds and stuff and animals, get Dr. Robotnik. And I love that Sonic theme song. Yeah. It's classic. I'm written by Michael Jackson. Blue Street. Is it? Yeah. It's For real? Like one or two Michael Jackson's Blue Street. Music, but speeding by. He wasn't a... Sonic the Hedgehog. 
<laughs> he wasn't happy with the sound quality or something. Too fast for the naked eye. <laughs> <laughs> it's like more saving Princess Peach and all yeah, the yeah, yeah. Angry Birds. It's yeah, but this looks expensive. Oh yeah, <laughs> like really expensive. Um, yeah, this, I just don't know what the hell the show could be or the movie could be about. Yeah, I'll give it a six out of ten. Yeah, but on the Angry Birds note, I just this week downloaded Angry Birds two. Oh yeah, the sequel <laughs> to the video game. I like it better than the first one. It's less straightforward. It's more like uh, trying to make it a platformer in a way. Oh, okay. The kind of string levels together, and I played some of the Star Wars one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I like that one too. But this, it's it's different, better graphics. Like, there's different. I don't know how to explain. It. It's like there's cards, and you can earn more lives. It's it's more platformy, like Super yeah. Mario Brothers. Uh, I know what you mean. It's like you get stuff, yeah. bonuses, mixing. Angry Birds with Mario Brothers. It's hard. It's it's harder than I remember Angry Birds being. Um, but it's it's pretty good. I'll probably play it for a while until I get bored of it, and then I'll delete it. <laughs> That's how I uh, iPhone games go. Yeah, mobile gaming. It's the only way I live. <laughs> <laughs> Our last prejudgment day is called The Big Short. Uh, Adam McKay directed, who is the person that directed Anchorman and some other comedies, and he helped write the script to Ant-Man um, it stars Brad Pitt Steve Carell Ryan Gosling yeah what a cast what was that other one Christian Bale yeah <laughs> all playing really weird characters for themselves yeah like Christian Bale except Ryan Gosling I think it's pretty weird for him he looks like Ryan Reynolds he's got this weird look well I mean not the way he looks but just He's he talking. Seems to be in a position of power. Right he's now. talking. Usually, he seems to play the strong, quiet type. You know. Yeah. Like in Drive, this he seems more talkative. I don't know, but Christian Bale, man, he he looks awesome. Yeah. He just has this weird American accent. Looks weird with this shaggy haircut and clean shaven. It's yeah, not what you're used to seeing. Test guy from Supercut. He's so good at just transforming his appearance to to help lend towards his performance. Yeah, I don't really see the dramatic story arc here, but I don't really care because of it the looks, talent involved. Yeah, it just looks it's fun to watch. Yeah, exactly. It looks like a fun romp. I don't know if it's supposed to be more drama or comedy. I'm not sure, but God, I love Christian Bale. I love Brad Pitt. I love Ryan Gosling. This is like a dream come true. <laughs> Steve, all it's missing is... Tom Hardy, Michael Fassbender, Paul Rudd, and Sam Rockwell, and a bunch of other dreamy guys. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Carell was there. <sighs> I don't know about Steve Carell. Nice. I like Steve Carell. I don't know. It's like, I loved him in Foxcatcher. I, lo I loved him in 40-Year-Old Virgin. It's just sometimes it seems like he's trying too hard to be this dramatic actor. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's weird. Like I mostly like him in every performance, but for some reason, it's just like when I see him, it's not not someone I'm, that pulls me into watching a movie. Yeah, I mean, it took me a while to watch Forty Year Old Virgin. I thought it looked stupid from just previews, and then when I watched it, I enjoyed it. Yeah, and I probably wouldn't have watched Foxcatcher unless you know we had yeah. to or whatever, <laughs> but I highly enjoyed it. 
Even Crazy Stupid Love, I really, really liked, which is Steve Carell and Ryan Gosling. So I don't know why I'm being too down on him, but <laughs> for whatever reason. At least maybe it's just compared to the other guys in the movie. Yeah. Where's the... Where's the female actors? Let's get Jessica Chastain, Marion Cotillard in there. Well, she's in all the next NASA movies. <laughs> Seriously. Oh, 16 of Get some Scarlett Johansson in there. <laughs> some Emily Blunt. There's some great actresses out there. There is? Uh, I'll get the big short of 8 out of 10. 8? Uh, we'll go more with a 7. You're so conservative. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well, in theaters this weekend... Got the Green Inferno. Have you seen any trailers or anything? Yeah. I've been seeing some advertisements. It's a horror movie from the guy who made Hostel. Uh, I can't think of it off the top of my head. <laughs> Second, so Eli Roth. Yeah. Um, it's his next horror movie. It looks like ghastly, horrifying. Uh, I don't know. Not too interested. Yeah. Hotel Transylvania 2. Woo! Uh, your movie. And your draft. And... I actually might take Mackenzie to go see this because she likes these scary, quote-unquote scary stuff. <laughs> um, looks terrible, but <laughs> what are you going to do? It's currently got a 35% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh. Uh, Green Inferno has 45% on Rotten Jeez. Tomatoes. So not too great there either. But we have The Intern, which is your reserve pick yeah. for the fall box office draft. That has a 50%. Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, that's Robert De Niro and Anne Hathaway in like a I don't, romantic comedy or oh, something. God, I can't what that was about. <laughs> some kind of cheesy looking movie. Yeah. But might make some money. And lastly, Mississippi Grind, which is a I think it's a gambling thriller with Ben Mendelsohn, Ryan Reynolds. Ninety percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Got good reviews out of Sundance, Jeez. if I'm not mistaken. Sundance or South by Southwest. Um, I'm pretty sure Lionsgate's going to be sending me that in nice. advance, so hopefully we'll be reviewing that before too long. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, next week on the podcast, we'll be reviewing Cop Car, starring oh, yeah. Kevin Bacon and some kids, and directed by the guy who will be directing The Amazing Spider-Man. Uh, no, not The Amazing Spider-Man. What is the new one going to be called? Anyway, the new Spider-Man, Spider-Man series. <laughs> um... And our top five Kevin Bacon movies. Yeah. Kevin Bacon. My dad looks just like him, apparently. KB. Or at a certain point he did. Um, yeah. I never personally saw it, really, but I kinda everyone see else it. did. I kind of see it a lot. I guess at a certain point. I think he looks more like Jimmy's Chicken Shack. Jimmy Ha from Jimmy's <laughs> Chicken Shack. But, uh, we'll get into that and more with our six degrees of... Kevin Bacon next week. <laughs> also coming out on Redbox is Aloft, which is kind of a, I don't know, like a twisty, twist-laden thriller, twist, twist, twist. Yeah. <clears throat> so, email us, the Redbox Report, yahoo.com. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter, at the Redbox Report. I'm personally on Twitter, at the Oral Report. I'm on Twitter, at the RBR Joel. Like us on Facebook, subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. Find us on Stitcher, subscribe to our Reddit page, reddit.com slash r slash the Redbox Report. And on Letterboxd, I am at the Oil Report. And as always, thanks for listening. Yep. Yep. <laughs>